0: Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. We're glad you're here. I'm Kevin McDonald, your host for this grand adventure, and I thank you for joining us. You see, our mission is to create a positive personal connection to all things with courage and love. We invite terrific guests, interesting topics, and great conversation, all in a fun, entertaining way. And we always manage to learn something, too. So I hope you will stay right where you are for this episode of positive talk radio and welcome everybody to positive talk radio my name is kevin mcdonald and we're here today because we've got an author and a medical doctor and an emergency room guy and we're going to talk about all of that his name and i'm going to massacre your last name so I'm going to ask you to say it, so that I don't. Uh, his name is Steve Periano. Periano. I I knew I would get that wrong, but I got it right now. So that's 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 really good. It's great to have you here, sir. It's great to be here, Kevin. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, you're more than you're more than welcome. Anytime that somebody is doing something of a positive nature is an inspirational. Uh, and your book is the subtitle is an inspirational guide to living a better life. I can't think of anything better than that um, because we're all trying. We're trying in our own different ways to live life to the best of our ability. And sometimes uh, we need help with that. And that's one of the reasons why you're here is to help folks um, think about a different way of being, a different way of living their life that can be more advantageous to them in the long run. And the name of the book, again, is My Steps forward so with that steven welcome to the show how are you i'm doing very well today very
1: well thank you how about yourself kevin
0: oh i'm awesome thank you very much i'm always awesome that's that's kind of a rule around here is uh, that's that's why you know you can't do a show called positive talk radio if you are not in a positive frame of mind (laughs) i guess that's a
1: prerequisite right
0: it does it is so i'm putting myself out there as being Someone that is interested in positivity and taking care of folks and giving giving people a better way and a better idea of how they can conduct their life. And and that's why I like to talk to people like you because you're working you've worked very hard. You you had a bout with cancer at one point, um, and you learned that, that that there are different ways of operating than the traditional ways, and we're gonna talk about all of that. So uh, first of all, you are an MD and you are an emergency physician. Is that correct? Yes, I am. And what's it like these days working in an emergency room? I gotta believe that, uh, with COVID coming up and down and, and stuff that it's kind of has, has to have been tough for you.
1: Yeah, the la- I mean, being an emergency medicine magician is kind of, you know, a tough job in and of itself, but when COVID rolled around, yeah, it definitely became much more difficult just the you know added stress of dealing with a condition you know initially we didn't really know much about it and i'm in new york so here in the united states it hit new york first so we really didn't know much about it at all you know we didn't know really how to treat it Uh, so uh, so it was it was scary it was a, a lot of stress and we just you know all of us in the emergency department we just you know, did what we had signed up to do. We just basically took as best care of our patients as we could.
0: What kind of toll has it taken on the healthcare system and the people that are in it over time?
1: I guess it varies individual to individual. I know it's created, you know, a lot of stress and anxiety among several, you know, among many practitioners and people who work in healthcare, you know, I know there's also been a lot of resources that have been offered as far as, you know, um, mental health resources, just to try to help out with this, this, the added stress, of in these uncertain times. So those have helped a lot.
0: That, that's really, that's really cool that they're, that they're doing that. Of course, he really had to, because there was a lot of really negative things that were going on at that time, by the way, If you can hear that in my background and I and i apologize for this but where my studio is they are doing some street work out front mm-hmm. and uh i can't i can't uh help that but i'm hopeful that that you're not hearing too much of it are you okay? i actually don't hear a thing hey that's your voice thank you <laughs> <laughs> well then forget strike that last comment forget i said a thing i don't, I don't want to break the uh the uh feeling that that we've got it together so so that's really good so um you were uh, you went through medical school you became now did you become a uh, um, emergency doc because that was your your passion? is that what you wanted to do?
1: actually my third year so third year in medical school we do our clerkships We rotate for all different specialties to try to get exposed to a lot of different fields and get a better idea what we want and by the time fourth year rolled around when we're got to start making our decisions about what we want to do for the rest of our lives i I liked emergency medicine and I liked anesthesia. I was torn between the toe too. And um, I loved the science and the physiology and the pharmacology behind anesthesiology. And I also loved the interaction um, with people and kind of the detective work and the fact that you can do procedures in emergency medicine. So uh, I did both rotations and it turned out that I liked emergency medicine more. So I, I went with that.
0: You know, um, if you knew my history, you would know that I've had A few surgeries in my time, and uh, I've always tried, especially the last three or four, because I fell and tore my rotator cuff, and then I fell again and tore my uh, tricep tendon on the other side, so they had to put me out, they had to put me under, and I've always tried to not go out. I have yet to be successful with that <laughs> and I haven't made it past the count of five yet, but that's kind of one of my life dreams is to see if I can defeat the uh, anesthesiologist. But so far I've had no luck. Do
1: that is, you... <laughs> is funny because I do the same thing. I've had a few surgeries and I try to see if I could stay awake, but it never works.
0: <laughs> it's it's like, you know, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it this time. I'm going to make it yeah and then the next thing you know you're in recovery yeah you know so it's it's and it's really is an interesting phenomenon with with the uh, how you know and and it's interesting because uh, i i've had both my hips replaced and you'll you'll appreciate this uh and some folks but the, the docs that did it the, the second one was way different than the first one because the first one they put you under and then you go to, you're out and then you go to recovery and then you slowly wake up and, and you, and your dr- feelings all drugged out and all that kind of stuff. Well, the, the, this time they did a, um, um, or what do you call it when they, when they, when they numb, numb your, numb your back? A spinal tap?
1: When they numb, their, uh, when they, yeah, it's an epidural.
0: That's it. It, They did an epidural and uh, then they gave me a light anesthetic and I actually woke up in still in the operating room um, because of the the, uh, uh, the anesthesia was so light that uh, it was just there to keep me from moving around and stuff because I could feel nothing because of the epidural. So I thought that was interesting that uh, and, and it was actually a better way to do it because it was less it was less harmful to my overall system, I think.
1: Right. Yeah. Kind of interesting feeling, right?
0: Oh, it, it, it was wild. It was wild. So, so, you, and so you decided on emergency medicine and you were doing that, but there was a point in time when you had your own health challenges. What happened there?
1: Yes. So it was actually back in 2007. And I remember the day perfectly. I
0: imagine you, you would.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it was Friday morning. We were, I was off from work. We were going to take our two boys, which are, they were much younger back then to the park for a beautiful day. And then it's getting ready. And I, you know, used the bathroom and I looked in the bowl and it was full of blood and I was like, what? That's always
0: disconcerting, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And you know, I'm like, this isn't right. And told my wife and we made an appointment with the urologist and uh, he thought it might be a kidney stone, which. Um, you know, I thought it was possible, but that was a little strange because kidney stones are usually associated with quite a bit of pain and I had zero pain. So, um, had a CAT scan and, um, I actually went to the hospital where I worked. So I knew everyone there. I knew the process of a CAT scan and I am lying down on the table and, you know, usually happens you lie on the table. They do the scan, takes a minute or so. And then the you, you slot out of the machine, the tech comes in and pulls you off the table And then, so I had the scan. Went in the machine. Went out of the machine. And then I'm sitting there, you know, staring at the ceiling on the table. And it's taking a long time for the tech to come back in the room to get me off the table. I'm like, something's not right here. And then waiting and waiting. And finally, the door to the CT suite opens. But it's not the tech. It's one of the radiologists, someone who I also know. And you know, he looks at me very um, with a very concerned but look on his face, and he tells me very concerned, but also very matter of fact, it's like, Steve, you, you have a mass on your right kidney and thus the, you know, that was the, how the diagnosis was made. And, you know, I had a surgery, you know, a bit after that and thankfully everything worked out. Okay. Did they, did they have to take your kidney? Yeah, they, um, they took the kidney out. So it actually, Before the surgery, I I had a couple of, I had another test, you know, they wanted to basically make sure there was no spread of the cancer. So I had a test called a bone scan where basically because kidney cancer can often spread to bones. And um, after the test, I uh, was talking to one radiologist, someone that I also knew. And uh, it was a little bit concerning because everything looked fine, except there was these two black spots on my left thigh bone. And they were concerning for... You spread her to cancer, and you know, I before that I had been you know fairly confident, well, do the surgery, we'd be fine, but now I was a bit scared because I was like, Wow, did it spread? And I had an MRI short time after that, and thankfully the MRI showed that the lesions were benign. But I remember I was pretty scared for a time, I, I cried with my wife, I you know, sat and prayed by my kids' beds, and just you know, praying that. I might live to, you know, watch my kids grow up. I would really appreciate that and be thankful. And uh, like I said, thankfully it was benign. And um, I had the surgery. I had a year of oral chemotherapy. And here I am in 2022 doing very well.
0: How old were your kids at the time?
1: They, let's see, that was in 2007. So they were three and one. Just about three and one. Yeah.
0: Oh, I, you know. I've had a couple of kids myself, and I just can't imagine having a health care like that where you don't know at that particular moment whether or not you're going to be okay or not, and having a one- and three-year-old, that would be so heavy on your heart, I would think.
1: Yeah, it it was. It was a really frightening time.
0: Well, congratulations. You made it through. But in the process of of doing all that with the, the chemo and things, you discovered a few things. Tell us about what you discovered uh, in in relationship to your health. Sure. So I thought I had
1: been pretty living pretty healthy before that, but I had cancer. So I thought to myself, am I doing something wrong? So a while after I had recovered from the surgery, I walked into a barnes and noble store in manhattan with my wife and i walked in there with a few questions i wanted to know is there some specific reason why i got cancer am i not living as healthy as i thought and can i prevent this from happening again so i bought several books on health nutrition wellness meditation cancer and i really um dove into them. I started reading. I started out intrigued. Then I became fascinated with everything I was learning. There was so much stuff in there that I didn't know and that I didn't know even as a practicing physician. And it really changed how I thought about health and medicine and, and life in general.
0: You know, there's somebody out there that's going, oh, come on, Steve. You were an MD. You went through medical school, for heaven's sakes. Certainly, they teach you all about nutrition and, and, and positive living and, and meditation and stress management. And uh, surely they do all that,
1: right? Yeah, you would think. And, you know, I, I can't speak fully for all medical schools now. Things may be changing. But when I was in medical school, we did have a nutrition course, but it was actually pretty much every single student at that time, including myself, thought it was a joke. It was, of all our coursework, it was the least important course. We just wanted to do it to get it done with. I mean, we had more important things to worry about, like, you know, anatomy, physiology, pharmacology. Those are the important ones, not nutrition.
0: Well, and I'm sure that class featured like the food pyramid. And this is the food pyramid and how it works and that and but which may or may not actually be accurate, because uh, a lot of the information that you found when you went to Barn, Barnes and Noble uh, contradicted or at least expanded a great deal upon what you had learned in medical school, didn't it?
1: Yeah, I just learned that there was so much more out there than just conventional medicine.
0: And so how did that change your outlook and how did that change your life?
1: Well, as far as my eating, I changed the way I eat. I, I used to think I was eating healthy. I prior to my do- diagnosis, I ate lots of granola bars and foods that came in a bag and processed foods. And you know, granola bars. I mean, they're granola. They got to be healthy, but but they there I ate so much processed foods. And honestly, I. I fared pretty poorly in the fruits and vegetables department. I really didn't have much fresh fruits and vegetables on my plate. So I changed. I really tried to cut out the processed foods and start eating more fruits and vegetables. And that was that was probably the, the biggest change in my diet. And and I, I love learning. I, I learn I learn more and more all the time. And you know, i just, you know, basically right now I just try to eat as close to the earth as I can. I try to really limit my intake of processed foods and eat fruits, vegetables, grains, beans, you know, seeds, quinoa, nuts, you know, stuff as natural as I can. And I feel really great.
0: Well, and I have to tell you, I was in the food service industry for a long time and I worked for a chicken processor. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can tell you, that uh there is lots and lots of processing that goes on even with what we would call natural chicken breasts really um oh sure they they use, they inject uh saline solutions into them uh to get to get them a little plumper and and when the chickens are growing up they they give them medication to keep the the flock healthy because the the folks that uh that uh, grow the chickens and they're in chicken houses this this company i worked for was out of arkansas and they had chicken houses everywhere and what i didn't know was that the folks that work in the chicken houses and run the chicken houses they they get a a shipment of chicks and their job is to keep them all alive uh because they get paid on the number of uh, the head the number of chickens that come out at at the proper weight after like seven weeks um so that Um, and then they get, they go to the slaughterhouse and then they're processed, but for the chicken farmer, it's imperative that they keep the flock healthy. And so they, they give them antibiotics and they give them foods that, that are rich in some of those things so that they can keep the chickens alive. And that does alter the, the, uh, the composition of the chicken a little bit. And, and the other thing is, is that when you know, fifty years ago, sixty years ago, uh, it took sixteen weeks to raise a chicken to maturity to to become a like a three pound live weight. Now it takes six and a half. So wow. you, so you got to tell me that something's going on there. Uh, that it's and and uh, in, in fact, the the University of Arkansas, Arkansas has got Tyson funds it. They've got a chicken school where they do lots of experiments on how to grow chickens faster and, and stuff like that. So the, the, a lot of that stuff isn't known. So when you're talking about processed foods, and by the way, if you ever have a chicken McNugget, don't, uh, because they are, and it, it is, uh, I, I won't go into it, but it's in any event. So you're right, but you've got to eat naturally. Um, and And you've got, and now how do you address the fact that some of our foods Are devoid of of nutrients because of the soils that they're grown in and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, you know that's a good question. I had I had learned you know a bit about that, and I started taking supplements because I learned that just like you said, our soils of are devoid of nutrients, and supplementation is important for that reason because our foods don't have the same amount of nutrients as they did in the forties or the fifties. So I've been taking supplements. I'm still learning more about that, but I've, I I t- take some supplements to try to supplement my diet. If they don't replace good foods, they are, they are just a supplement
0: what I eat. I got to ask you because you've done the research um, as you know, if you go down and especially it's become, it's become really um, a big, a big marketing thing, the, you know, natural supplements and the supplement aisles are getting bigger and bigger with more products and stuff. How do you, when you were doing your research and you're looking for a quality supplement, what do you look for?
1: If I'm looking for a quality supplement, I look to make sure that they follow, the company follows good manufacturing practices, that they have a guarantee of potency, that there's um, a also that they adhere to uh, the uh, US, uh, I think it's the US pharmacopoeia um, standards, if I remember correctly, basically meaning that there's, they're f- guaranteed to be free of contaminants. And also that there's third-party verifications and uh, third-party certifications of the particular supplement product.
0: So there's lots of research that you should do when looking for a supplement because they're not all the same.
1: Absolutely. And the other thing is too, something that I've been learning more of recently is that you just don't want to take like vitamin B12 or vitamin C by itself because everything works together, just like in nature In foods. There's besides the, all the vitamins that we're all familiar with, you know, A, B, C, there's in foods, there's probably thousands of chemicals they're called phytonutrients Antioxidants that all work synergistically together to really help a person stay healthy, and a lot of that really probably is not provided by supplements.
0: Absolutely, and and you so you have to be careful, and you have to do your homework. Yeah, that's a, that's a, and it's really good. Can you recommend any reading that you picked up at Barnes and Noble that uh, our audience can can uh, uh, pick up on?
1: Uh, yeah, there's probably
0: a, um, a few behind me. <laughs> actually there are well we i mentioned to i mentioned to dr steve before we began that i said have you read all those books and he said you mean the ones at the time yeah i have and it's like so wow so you you've been reading and you've done a lot of research
1: yeah and 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 you know my thought processes has evolved I mean, some things that i learned 10 years ago i i feel a little bit differently about them like i said regarding the supplements since you brought it up i felt very very strongly about taking supplements back in i think, whatever oh six or oh seven when i started and i still take them but it's the only to supplement my diet you know i'm I'm right over the last months or so i've been more focused on just making sure that it's it's my food that i'm getting nutrients from and that supplements are just there to supplement
0: and that makes that makes that makes a world of sense now do you shop in the uh in the um and do you know that there is there a difference between, as an example, a regular uh, head of cabbage and a um, 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 what are they what do they call it a uh, organically grown head of cabbage? Is there besides the price, is there a difference between them?
1: As far as can't answer that question specifically regarding cabbage, uh, I'm not a big cabbage fan myself, um, but I do know and. I'm not an expert on organic versus not organic, but I do know that certain foods um, are probably better organic because they are more exposed to pesticides. Things like um, strawberries, I know, are probably better to eat in organic because I, I from what I've read, I think they have uh, likely to get more pesticides on them. That of course can get into your own body when you eat them. Whereas foods that have skins on them, like bananas, are probably it's probably you know, not as necessary to get organic
0: because you're not going to eat the skin. You don't eat the banana skin? Oh, no! no, no. <laughs> I'm just, just kidding. Just, so, so let's let's move forward. And when when did you write your book? And what was your motivation?
1: I wrote the book in it was it was published in 21 actually. So I probably started writing it in 2019 in 1920, Oh my goodness! In 2020.
0: <laughs> it's been a long time.
1: I'm older. I'm a lot older than I look.
0: and what was your what was your motivation
1: so i basically found that i had learned so much from my own personal experiences and from what i've learned from books and also from my professional experiences in the emergency department i started realizing and appreciating that i was seeing so many people that were were sick even 30 year olds four year olds with what I previously thought were, you know, kind of old people diseases like high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, strokes, and who are on five or 10 different prescription medications. And I really began thinking to myself, it's wrong. I don't think it's like this. And I really believed, I started to believe that a lot of it was probably because many people were not living as healthy as they could. So I wanted to you know, put this message out there and I actually started writing articles for a local newspaper. And then I had one, the idea I had to, I had the idea to write a book.
0: And your book, my steps forward, by the way, if you go to, if you want to follow along with us, you can just go to Steve and I'll spell the last name for you. P I R I A N O, just like it says right there. Uh, dot life and that's his website, and you can go there and, and learn all about his book and what he's doing with it, and it's an inspirational guide to living a better life. What inspirations do you have to to uh, tell our audience today that's in the book?
1: Well, the book is, it's actually, it's two parts. It's, I guess there's two components to it, rather. There is, of course, the part about my, my views on health and wellness, and I really think that people could if they live healthier, they can really be healthier. And there's also parts about my personal experiences, just life lessons I've learned that I think can really be a value to, to people out there. And I think that just in general, I think a great piece of overall wisdom is that if if you really do want to change and you do want to live a healthier life or that you, if you believe in yourself, that you really can accomplish what you set your mind to.
0: It's an amazing concept that, that some people have trouble with because it's like, what do you mean? If I, if I want something, I can have it. Well, you, you can, and, and you've got to work hard for it. Of course. Yeah. Huh? Go ahead. Of course. Yeah. It's just not something that comes
1: instantaneously. You know, a lot of, uh, I guess a lot of our modern society is basically, we have the idea of, uh, we want instant gratification, but it's, not like that in reality things things that are worthwhile they take time and they take effort
0: they do indeed and uh if you but if you believe in it and you're passionate about something you know i'm i'm a big i'm a big component or a proponent of that if you follow your passion uh you're very seldom are going to go wrong if you really have your heart and your soul and your mind into what it is that you're doing do you agree with that totally 100%. did you percent oh good good you you froze up there for a second oh right? okay
1: all right yeah 100 percent degree
0: yeah and and it's and that's and that's one of the reasons why you wrote the book and and uh and he, he, you know we live in a society that that is very it's very difficult for a lot of us to feel positive and 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 about stuff that's going on because there's stuff that's there's always challenges in our life and everybody has challenges you did i have um, but you you still came through and and you felt positive enough about it to write a book about about your experiences and some of your your thoughts um and uh how the how's the book been received so far
1: the people that have read it have given me very positive
0: feedback oh that's that's true that's really good so and they can pick it up at amazon they can pick it up off of your website yeah. they can pick it up virtually anywhere
1: yep absolutely
0: I wanted to ask you a question because being a medical doc, being a medical doc number one and being a emergency doc, number two, you have been around death and dying a lot more than, than most of us will ever be around that. Um, Have you any thoughts about, about that? Have you learned anything about, about the, the mental approach? I guess, I guess, do you run across a lot of people that have, when they get to that position that they feel like they haven't accomplished anything in life.
1: When I'm sorry, can you say that last part of the, can you repeat the last part of the question?
0: Yeah. When you, when you are working with somebody and, and they are in, it's their last it's they they're definitely dying and it's their last days are. Do you sense that a lot of them have a lot of regret about what they were not able to accomplish in life because they didn't, they didn't pursue what they really wanted, or does that ever even come up?
1: That part probably not so much in emergency medicine, because when they come into the emergency room, you know, we basically have a few hours with an individual. And although we may get to know them a little bit, when they come in that ill and if they are, you know, nearing if death within a few hours, you know, there's really not that much of a dialogue between us. It's more really trying to resuscitate the person. There is, of course, there's, there's definitely some talking, but probably for the most part, at least from my experience, not so much of an in-depth conversation where we can, where we've gotten that far into a person's thoughts and life.
0: Well, you're, you're just trying and in in the emergency room, you're just trying to get them well enough to be able to get to the next step in their journey. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So by the way, how how do your kids like your book? How how old are your kids now? Seventeen and fifteen. Oh, a beautiful age for a child to be. Yes. Yes. <laughs> are they are they boys or girls? Two boys. Ah. Very, very good. And how's it going? <laughs> how are the teenage years treating you? Well, they're they're a bit different than the elementary school years.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> would say. <laughs> they definitely come with their, their own challenges. You know, it's definitely one set of challenges for, you know, toddlers and other stuff for elementary school and a whole different set for teenage years. I mean, they're, they're still great boys. You know, I I love them with all my heart. Um, But uh, yeah, they, they're doing, they're doing well. It's just different challenges, different things you learn as you go.
0: There is such a, you know, from when I was that age to when my kids were that age, they're in their thirties now. Okay. To what's to what's going on today. Yeah. It is the changes are cataclysmic. When I my kids were 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 in their teenage years, they did not have a computer in their hand like they do today.
1: I know, right? It's it's crazy. Now everybody's got their computers. Well, everybody's got their computers in their pockets, basically.
0: Right right and and uh, of course we had a we had a saying at our house that um, we, i hope was true but it didn't always work out and it was uh, it was called kypip kypip which means keep your peter in your pants <laughs> <laughs> that that was our advice to our boys to be respectful of women and to and to uh, no means no and uh, to, to be a good a good human being. And uh, I, I think we can everybody can use a little bit of that advice.
1: Absolutely. I think I think being kind to other people and respecting other people is of uh, one of the basic things of life.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you want anybody to understand what they can get from my steps forward, what would you tell them that they, you want them to get out of reading the book? My hope would
1: be that based on what I've learned about health and nutrition and also based on the lessons I've learned and I talk about in the book from my own personal experiences, I I would hope that maybe there would be something that they could pick up, a life lesson or something they didn't know about health that maybe will help to improve their life even in a small way. I would be very happy with that.
0: You know, at the end of the day, we can only change – one person's one person at a time, and yeah. if your if your book or this podcast can change one person to go get your book and find some nuggets in there that they can apply to their own life, then you, sir, and I have done our job. Absolutely, yeah, you're
1: doing definitely doing a fantastic thing here.
0: Well, thank you, I I appreciate that. But you and so are you. You're you're saving lives, and and you're 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 getting some. Stuff for us to talk about out there, so because I couldn't do it without you. So just so you know, be <laughs> sitting here talking to myself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that I know that you're busy today, and 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 stuff. And if uh, is there, and so I would like to give you. I'm going to step aside and give you a, uh, a forum to say to tell our audience. That's listening now, or will listen in the future. Anything that you would like them to know. Anything that I would like them to know. Well, wow, that's a lot of pressure. Uh, <laughs>
1: I know. <laughs> I wasn't expecting a you know, personal forum.
0: Well, and I didn't, I didn't. And I didn't. I'll give you a moment to think about it because I I, I do that just just because you know um, it's important. You you know you have you've you've written the book. You put this together. You put a lot of thoughts into it. You put a lot of research into it and you really want people to benefit from it and i and i but there is something about you that you want to be able to give back in such a way that you can really help other people and um and so that's that's why i that's why i phrased it that way
1: okay all right um i I've, I've got i've got an idea i think
0: okay go for it man
1: all right thanks so what i would say is that there if you have any, you know, wish, desire, goal, there's lots of resources out there. I would say to learn, to take the opportunity to learn, read buy books, talk to people who've done it before, and learn and really believe in yourself and go for what your passion is, live your purpose and and just know also that there's gonna be times where you're gonna stumble. There's gonna be times where you're gonna fail. And that's important. That's important, and that's okay. We're all human, and we all fail, and I failed, oh, my goodness, so many times in my life. But as long as you learn from your failures and you can use them to propel yourself forward along your path, and I wish you luck in everything that you do.
0: See, I told you once I got you going, you would go. (laughs) I could have kept going, but I. I Good. See, if you have more, I've got a little time. So if you got more. So uh, we've been talking with uh, Steve Piriano. I said that right, didn't I? You got it. Awesome. And he's written the book, My Steps Forward, an inspirational guide to living a better life. Go get the book. You can do it by going to life. And you can go to Amazon in any number of places. It's a five star read, so it's well worth your time. And I want to thank you very much for being with me today on the show.
1: Oh, you are so welcome! And again, thank you again, Kevin. I really appreciate you having me here today. It's been an it's, honor. it's
0: it's pretty awesome. Will you come back and we do this some more? Absolutely, of course. Awesome, man. I I really appreciate you and your and the work that you're doing, and 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 the fact that you know. I'm struck by the fact that even though you've been through the wars with COVID, you still have a smile on your face. You still go to work every day and you are working every day to make a difference. And that I want to thank you on behalf of a grateful nation for people like you and what you are doing uh, to help all of us survive a little bit better. So thank you for that. You're welcome. And so I would like to thank you again. And my steps forward is the book an inspirational guide to living a better life go get it it's uh it's a great read and it's worth your time so with that you stay right where you are Stephen. I'll be right back right. thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end please give us a like and subscribe to this channel this has been a production of kmmedia.pro please visit our website oddly enough named kmmedia.pro for more details about us and our mission which is to provide great, positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to each other, because...